Welcome to Cork Tinked. Chopped and screwed, we're in the basement now. We're in the basement now. And today we're talking about Vermintini Weenio. Because <laughs> that's what it's about. Wait, are you recording in a basement too? Well, no, I'm, I'm in a garage. It's the closest ah, thing well, my house has to a basement. Gotcha, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was when I was in California, like living there because everybody's in California is like just like an asshole you know I don't mean to like to generalize but everybody in California is a piece of shit mm-hmm. no but um they were like I was like yeah what about the basement they're like um we don't have basements here and I was like why not they're like <laughs> because of the earthquakes and I was like oh I'm sorry I'm not from a state where the earth shakes so I'm you from a state that was hell. built on um, a reasonable place to uh, build a state. Yeah. Now, yep. um, the lack of uh, basements in uh, in California is mm-hmm. uh, the driver for a very tense moment in uh, the film Zodiac. Mm. Yeah. The, literally the line, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal says the line, most houses in California don't have basements, uh, to which the guy whose house is in replies, this one does. Nice. They're in a basement. Um, right. And f- <laughs> that's it. The classic zinger. Yeah. The classic zinger-filled blockbuster, Zodiac. Ooh. This one smells very nice. So, um... Mm. I was... Opened it. Wasn't so sure. Now that it's uh, had some time to breathe, get a little bit of air, as we discussed on the previous episode. Air me out. Uh, air out my ass. Air out my or, or tiny, a, tiny, tiny penis. An avid fan pointed out the fact that we did a uh, if we did a special Vermentino episode, it could also be referred to as a Spermentino episode. Ooh. I said, that's good. That's the kind of, you know, Spermentine's hole. Spermentine's hole, yeah. Yep, yeah. that's it. <laughs> Bingo. Just hitting the uh, porn, porn title stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except it would be like, uh, you'd have to include like incest in there somehow. Because, like, when in doubt, they just throw it in there. Because, like, it makes sense. It's kind of like a game theory oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Like, a sperm you know, it's in like... teen stepmom's hole. <laughs> is that is that a is that a subsection of the whole stepmom porn thing where it's, like, your, it's your stepmom, but she's so it's, uh, so it's younger kind of than okay. you? Uh-huh. Maybe. But, like, yeah, well, think... no, like, you're like, a, you're, like, 22, and your dad gets remarried to a, mm-hmm. like, 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's... Seems almost like that would just be the basis of that niche. Yeah, but the thing is that like I don't. I think most of them don't have enough backstory for like why did your parents get divorced or like did one of the parents die? Uh, You know, like I don't know. You gotta move on. It's like that's that's uh, a lot. They're truly trying to pack it in unless you like open it up mm -hmm. with a picture of. They are trying to pack it in. Oh, they are. Mm. It's like you open up and it's a picture of like the father, like like lovingly and like sadly holding a picture of like a like a woman in a frame. Oh no! Like it's just a normal thumbnail of like a porn scene in the foreground uh-huh. like just someone getting railed but in the back the dad's just sadly holding an urn <laughs> oh nice that'd be good yeah 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 sorry i cut you off where were you going no not so good well originally i was gonna say it's like a game theory thing where if you're like not into like if you're into like incest then you're like oh yeah my brother fucks mm-hmm. brother or something you know but then if you're not into it you're like yeah whatever like i don't care i'm just gonna you know it I don't know. It's not going to keep me from watching it because I know neither of these people are actually related to each other, you know? It's the, it's and, the, uh, I'm only reading it for the, for the articles, but for our era where it's like, no, I'm only watching it because I think she's hot. I'm not interested in their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not precisely. Yeah. No, I am, mm. um, uh, I, my favorite, um, 
Oh shit. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Uh, my favorite. That's uh, fucking good. Cards Against Humanity card. Mm-hmm. Reads uh, the thin veneer of causality underlying most porn plots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because yeah. like the the stepmom one, I think is just like sort of the like going thing of the time. But there's always been this, like, yeah, we need a we need a reason that the guy's there. It's like, well, why do you need a plumber? We can make him a plumber, and the plumber mm-hmm. fucks her, okay? But, like, what do we do for the next one? Yeah. Make him a milkman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about, what about the next one? Make <clears throat> him a pizza guy. Why can't we just do a porno where it's, like, two people who know each other and, you know, what if, what, yeah. get, don't get me wrong, Jerry, what if we film the porno where it's, like, uh, implied that they have known each other for a very long time? And have a deep emotional bond, uh, mm-hmm. which is why they are going to uh, stray outside the sacred bonds of matrimony mm-hmm. uh, to have sex with another. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that carry more weight? It would, perhaps. Sorry. Possible. Wait, Bob, what were you saying? Sorry, I was busy jacking off to some some lady with huge tits getting fucked by a milkman. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you. My cock was way too hard. I couldn't hear you. My I, my my masturbating hand was on full rev, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I got a two-stroke engine in my shoulder. Yeah. <clears throat> I could I could see that being like I'm sure this has probably been done before, and it's probably hackneyed at this point. But like, there's like a, a, a like I think you should leave type mm-hmm. like sketch where it's like they're like they're like brainstorming for like a point, and like okay, yeah, no, like the the plumber comes, and they're like, okay, well, why why is the plumber coming? You know, and it's like oh well, because you know like. The, their kid like flushed a, a train down the toilet and they're like well what's going on with that like you know, why, like, just keep going further and further yeah just spiraling and uh it would be more of like a it'd be kind of like a constructive one rather than like a lot of those tend to be sort of like downward spiral like destructive but yeah could, the inverse of one of those well it's just it like but then the the stinger at the end right the the way that the like skit ends yeah is yeah, them yeah. winning the Oscar for Best Picture because they inadvertently made <laughs> such a good film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wins Academy Awards for acting. Yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. Like, yep. just cuts cuts back to scenes of the guy in, like, full director outfit being like, no, uh, Monica, your moans, they need to be... Look, what is your motivation in this scene? It's just this, like, you know, classic porn actress sort of, like, vibe from this woman who's got mm-hmm. a penis inside her at the time, saying, mm-hmm. well, we've known each other since we were, you know, in college, and um, it just, he just happened to be the plumber that, uh, you know, showed up to do the job that day, and mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. about the way that he confidently fixed the problem I had with my pipes also made me feel like he could fix the problems I had with my relationship. Yeah, But, yep. but you know, but you have to sometimes break something to fix something, and just, like... Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. really you really go full Stanislavski. Uh, you do, with yeah. The whole or thing. another another option that places I don't think they've taken is that, and you know, people don't take uh, pornography plots seriously enough. So what if you just made such a flattering depiction of the uh, of the Academy? Mm-hmm. You know, like like the that they had to give you an Oscar oh, for screenwriting. I, that that's interesting. That would be a very fascinating uh, debate. Probably is whether or not mm-hmm. um, you know it was. Uh, like art or porn mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. M- film like um, a very sort of tense but uh, erotically charged um, well now I'm saying this it sounds like really disgusting but uh, <laughs> just like somebody attempts to make like a really sexually like enticing film about like uh, Harvey Weinstein <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah that's that's 
you know. That's the ultimate Hollywood maneuver is Hollywood making oh, yeah. a film. There is a movie about this actually. There there is a film that was made. It's not like a porn. <laughs> um but there's right, I right. can't remember what it's called, but there's a movie that's about like a young woman who figures out her boss is sexually assaulting uh, one of her coworkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or has assaulted multiple of her co- co-workers. And they, I can't remember what the film is called, but it's It's apparently... called Harvey, and it's starving. It's it's starring Steve Harvey? Oh, no. It's called Harvey, and it's starring uh, Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> who's friends with a giant invisible rabbit who keeps molesting him. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, uh, The Assistant is the film. The Assistant, gotcha. Yeah, a, you know what else is assisting me to have a, have a good time right now is this delicious bottle of Vermentino. Is that, wait, is that like porn slang? No, it's it's not like, you know, tickling me or fluffing me or anything in any way. It's just a really good bottle of wine. <laughs> just somebody's like, yeah, I'm a Vermentino on movie sets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the term. Yeah, it's kind of behind the scenes work. You got to, you know, work from the bottom up type of deal. I'm on my knees eight hours a day. Yeah, I'm just jerking off bottles of wine till they stay nice and nice and warm. Mm-hmm. The friction of my hands. Sometimes I need to keep them cold to put ice packs on my hands, and I jerk them off. That's what I do. It's my fucking thing here. Anyway, Vermentino, right? Very good, very delicious. Yeah. White grape comes from Italy. Is planted throughout southern France and Italy. This one's from Corsica, which I think is French. Yes, that is that that is correct. What? Um, it's correct that I think that, and it's also correct that Corsica is no. Is Corsica French? It is French. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think Corsica's French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it must be. And, um, yeah, no, it has to be because this wine is from Corsica, and it says Vin de France on it, so. Vin de France. Vin de France, so. Fucking Domaine Abatucci. So here's the confusing thing. Fucking Abatucci doesn't sound very French to me. Abatucci? You know? Sounds like you're from the old country. Yeah, Abatucci. Abba Tucci. Abba Stanley Abe, Tucci? Abba Stanley Tucci. Abba Stanley Tucci. Abe, well, Abe. So Corsica yeah, the name's is, Hammer. Stanley Hammer. How you doing? Uh, Corsica's directly <laughs> north of uh, Sardinia. Uh-huh. Which, so it's like, I guess France and Italy just basically like with the two islands that uh, are directly like below them in the Mediterranean, they were just like, you get this one, we get the other one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Pretty sure that's how it worked. Because this, this fucking fucking guy, I did like 45 seconds worth of research into this, and apparently this guy's like, uh, the guy who's Senor Abacucci was like, uh, some fucking, was like one of Napoleon's major important fucking advisors, fluffers. He was one of Napoleon's most important fluffers. He was a guy, he was the one guy who said, Napoleon, I think maybe you don't uh, want to go to Waterloo. Maybe we mm-hmm. don't go there. And Napoleon he said, like, you shut your fucking mouth. You shut your Abitucci. fucking mouth. Yeah. Abitucci, more like Blabitucci, because he won't ch- stop fucking blabbing, piece of shit. And they all, whatever, threw croissants at him or something and spit on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah classic, that's classic we're doing French anger. <laughs> it was the hurling croissants. No, they, were throwing Napoleon, this cause they were throwing Napoleons at him, his face just covered in custard, mm-hmm. looking like an absolute idiot. Yeah. And he very, like, you know, shamefully, like, sort of hunched over, like, hobbled away. Mm-hmm. But then behind behind a, a, a large pillar, I would assume, he was he was laughing because he was licking all the delicious custard off of him and flaky bits of puff pastry. Mm-hmm. As one does. Yes. When they're publicly humiliated. That's a question I got. Pastry. We know what a fluffer is. What's a puffer on a 
on puffer the puffer. <laughs> it's, it's pretty straightforward, my guy. What? It's just, it's just, just, it's puffing away. It's just puffin. You ever eat those those puffins, those peanut butter puffins? Oh, cereal? puffins are great, man. They used oh, to be better. They changed delicious. the recipe they at did. some point. Yeah, they. <laughs> What's the deal with puffins? What's the deal with puffins? <laughs> they used to be better. Now they're worse. You know what else that was that way? Cliff bars. <laughs> What's wow. the deal with stepmom porn? Throw Napoleons at Jerry on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hucking emperors. Just fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck you, Jerry. Just throwing rotten Napoleons at a guy. Vermentino. In Corsica, they call it Vermentino also, but it's like with some bullshit like french spelling that they're like we're not the italians we're better than the italians you know um but in <laughs> classic uh, Southern... uh, classic yeah. eu stance right there oh yeah um let's and, uh, uh sorry can we do a do 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 um let's do the name every version of that wine's name portion of the show you want do you mm. want to do that as a as a bit uh it's gonna just cut me off when it starts to annoy you uh roll is one Vermentino oh, well, is also known under the synonyms Agostegna, Agostegna Blanc, Brustiano, Brustiano di Corsica, Carbs, Carbeso, Favorita, Favorita Bianca, Favorita Bianca de Cogli, Con, Conagliano, Favorita d'Alba, Favorita di Alba, Favorita de Conagliano, Formentino, Formentin, Gabreso, Garbeso, Grossa, Clarette, Mal, Malvasia a Bonifacio, Bonifacio? Don't know. Malvasia grossa, malvasi, malvasiisi, malvasi e gro grain, malvasi grossa, malvasi de corsa, malvasi precoce Spagna, pica cabon, piga, pigato, roll, rosese, sibirkovski, uva sapaiola, uva vermentino, valentin, valentin. Varanesana Bianca. Venantino Verlantini. Vermentini. Vermentino Bianco. Vermentino Pigato. And Vermentino. I mispronounced So, yeah, so we're drinking Vermentino. I just can't yep. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, one thing that I really like about Vermentino, and it's, um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, so I guess what I'll say what I'm, I never actually said what I was drinking. Uh, fucking the. Domain Abitucci, but it's their Faustine, their uh, old vine, uh, their, their Cuvée Faustine Blanc, and uh, from 2015, so it's got, got a good amount of age on it. And uh, Vermentino is one of those things that, um, it's one of those, a lot of like Italian whites, I'll include this in Italian whites just because it's grown a lot in Italy, and it's from Italy, and it's delicious. Um, can age like very well, and it's, you know, not normally something people would think about, like, oh, I'm going to get this bottle of Vermentino and put it in my cellar for 20 years. And like, you don't need to, but it's one of those where like, even just putting it, like, freaking about it for, like, two years makes, like, a big difference in the development yeah. of the aromatics and everything. If you don't put it in your cellar and forget about it for ten years, we will find you, and oh, we yeah. will take your bottles from you. We'll peel your flesh off of your bones. We will sit down and do <laughs> two hours of Regis at you! <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. See, if you so... don't say something racist, motherfucker! That wasn't even Regis. That was just... That was, that was like... Yeah, I was trying to do like a Joe Biden. It was and a Regis uh, jo- and, uh... Joe Regis Biden. Yep. Listen, Jack, I was being racist <laughs> before I got paid. 
So yeah, so I'm drinking uh Nurage 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 Crabioni. I can't say words, man. No, I'm just all of this, man. I don't yeah, anyway. Hey, no, it's fine. I've only said one I've only rhymed with one slur. Nah, 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 nah. Anyway, um, yeah, so, wait, what, what, what vintage is yours? 2019, I'm drinking the freshy, fresh, freshest of freshies. Freshy, fresh, yeah. It's so quite good. Wine, yeah, yeah, I had the same wine maybe th- two, three years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, the exact um, same bottle? The, no, not, not the same, exact same bottle. Oh, it was the almost caught same, you up there. A different bottle of the same wine from the same vintage. Ah. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, what I had then, it was a lot more, like, a lot more, like, mineral and, um, wasn't as, like, fruity or floral. I mean, it had, like, some of that, but it was, those were kind of more muted and it was, like, that kind of just, like, uh, salinity and minerality to Mm -hmm. it. That was really, and the acid was sort of a driving factor. Yeah. That's what, um, uh, I've got going on with this one. It's got a very nice sort of, like, white floral, um, peach blossom or, like, Mm -hmm just coming into ripeness peach kind of flavor to it mm-hmm. it's lovely um it's very very good very very good minerality minerality very yeah. good this minerality um this, this uh <laughs> yep yep yeah so this one has a uh so yeah so relative to a few years ago it's got a, a lot of the similar like uh i'd say like like the pretty strong honeysuckle Ooh. which is like super pretty and delicious honey um, suckle me mm-hmm and the same like kind of uh, peach thing you're talking about, but maybe a little, a little more ripe. Like a lot peach? of those are the more like un- underripe characteristics. A lot of more of those like underripe characteristics that you were sort of describing um, are just kind of like dial up in a little, little bit riper. Mm-hmm. Well, I meant it with a peach, not in that it's like too acidic, but that like when a peach's flavor is very, very delicate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, not into that plush like when you, you know, when you have the, what am I thinking of? So yeah, the um, it, d- it definitely has a bunch of like in terms of flavors, like uh oh fuck, like a fuck, um yeah, like a fuck, the uh like like a a nice ripe like Bartlett pear, mm. uh, peach, mm. and that the same texture, kind of that like that little bit of fuzzy peach yeah. skin. The acid is still and, uh, uh, holding all that together, yeah, dialing up the mm-hmm. vibrancy of it. Yeah, yeah, totally, mm, and nice. it's a little bit of a like a richer sort of mouthfeel, but yeah. it still has good like nice tight acid and yeah. um. And it's uh yeah it's very delicious and very well balanced and um yeah. yeah I don't know it's it's really it's really tasty and it's like it looks like it's it doesn't has it doesn't have any sign of like you know age uh, like coloring on it or anything like that yeah um well mine has this crazy almost uh almost like it's it's that like light light um yellow that almost has like a pinkish hue to it okay yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Which might just be the glass it's in, honestly, but um, mm. very light, delicate color. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so this is one thing <clears throat> with a lot of Italian whites and, you know, Italian varietals. Um, they all have this, uh, this is a different thing I want to talk with you about today because I think it ties in nicely to this, is um, phenolic bitterness. Ooh! And so that's a phrase that, yeah, yeah, people who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, um, it's this... Get nerdy with me, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Put on it's our a, lab coats. Yep. It's, uh, so in a similar way that it's, it's the same bitterness that, like, um, if anybody eats, like, um, like, uh, radicchio. Yep. That a little bit of that same, like, 
Green's bitterness. Well, and the, the and oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say that. Um, it's hard to imagine that because that is such a pungent flavor that it's hard to imagine that kind of like dialed down. But it's more so like the 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 texture that it has and the the sensation that it, that it leaves in your mouth rather than just the particular like flavor of it. Yeah, the radicchio um I, I like has a strong enough flavor to it mm-hmm. that um you saying that made it occur to me that the, the oh, uh <laughs> you know um yeah of course no, it, it, uh, the difference between green leaf lettuce and red leaf lettuce is a subtle mm-hmm. one but it has to do with phenols in the uh, well and anthocyanins but i'm gonna uh, say anthocyanins yeah probably, right that's pretty cool. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but that's why there's a flavor difference to those besides also being a color difference. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and those, uh, the thing when people say red wine is hot healthy, those uh, anthocyanins, those are the antioxidants that uh, are basically an excuse to drink red wine. Because, uh, hey, mm-hmm. red wine might be a little bit healthy for your heart, but uh, <laughs> your liver is still not happy. So, uh, you know. I'm not saying don't drink wine. I'm just saying don't lie to yourself, honey. I'm just saying uh, by that logic, white wine and sparkling wine, not good for you in any way. Yeah, but that's Except, not true. No. It's not true. No. no. This is a classic. Uh, it's going to be good for you one way or the other, whether you fuck the milkman or the plumber. But mm-hmm. telling the yourself classic. a story about how it's better to fuck your, your kid's teacher than the milkman mm-hmm. or the plumber... You're just fooling yourself. What you really need is to fuck somebody besides your godforsaken right. husband and his tiny besides little your penis. fucking class prejudice. Yeah. Don't pretend like you're better than fucking the garbage man. Because <laughs> you know, you know that guy, he'll put his nose goddamn near anywhere. Hey, that guy's got a pension. <laughs> what do you got? Nothing. You're a what fucking you got? jerk. A broken marriage and a kid who doesn't understand why you're asking him to get out of the goddamn house during COVID because the garbage man still comes even when the rest of the world's falling apart? Look, these are these are an adult's problems you wouldn't understand. Go to the skate park with your friends. I'll buy you that Fuck Bose idiot. speaker you wanted. Go listen to whatever you kids are listening to these days. <sighs> yep. So yeah, the, sorry. Uh, I just but the phenolic uh, bitterness it can be um, off-putting to some people, mm-hmm. and I think some of the wines tend to um, get a little more um, that 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 bitterness builds a little bit as they age, like this one. Yeah. Fin- well, um, uh, quick, if you don't mind me interloping yep. for a second, mm-hmm. phenolic bitterness is a big part mishandling of phenolic bitterness. In my this is my opinion, but uh, the mm-hmm. phenolic bitterness component is a factor, whether or not it's my opinion, is. Uh, <laughs> uh, the way people handle phenolic bitterness is a big uh, part of the div- divisive. Um, no, it's not divisive. Uh, Gewürztraminer and Pinot Gris are two great examples of mm. white wines that are actually not. The grapes aren't as uh, blonde or golden as mm-hmm. many other white wines, and that coloration in the skins, even though you want to make them as white wines, means that they present huge phenolic loads for white wine. So if you make them in the same way that you would make a normal white wine and you don't do something to compensate for the phenolic load in the skins, you'll wind up with a squirrely phenolic bitterness that um, I've experienced in Italian Pinot Grigio. Uh, Italian white varietals Mm. often have either really beautifully handled phenolic loads because people Mm -hmm. have figured that stuff out or have a phenolic, you know, uh, sort of wishy-washiness to them. Yeah, wishy-washiness is the thing that I can't take with phenolic bitterness. Um, 
Mm-hmm. That's my internal vocabulary for it. Yes. Sorry yeah. for being a bit all over the place today, man. But I'm. I'm uh... No, don't worry. And I think I think it's easy for people to um, misinterpret that as uh, as tenants. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because it is it is a similar sort of like it can be a little drying and can mm-hmm. be um, you know like bitter like tenants can be, but um, yeah. that's also confusing because red wines can have you know phenolic bitterness also and tannins well so it's like, yeah yeah one in those and, they get layered into each other in a way that yeah you know you can have a very plush fruit forward red wine where the phenolic load is actually sort of diverting from your perception of the tannins and then it'll dry your mouth right out and you're like whoa where did that come mm-hmm. from? i didn't really taste the tannins because instead you just yeah. got like a weird phenolic taste yeah 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 and that's one thing where i why i think whites are uh like a better thing whites are better to kind of like learn from in terms of like if you're just trying to analyze wines yeah whites uh can be better because especially with blind tastings i was i always thought whites were way easier um because um like oak is like oak tells you a lot Mm -hmm. we should do an episode on about blind tasting but we should also um, do an episode about oak because we haven't actually done one oh yeah oh my god yeah but like yeah like if you're doing blind tasting and you're a white wine and you smell oak on it it immediately cuts down a bunch of grapes yeah and um, a bunch of styles, and you can do all that kind of stuff. But like, if you're doing a blind tasting and you get phenolic bitterness, it's like, no, it narrows it down to a very few amount of things. Well, and, and let yeah. you know if you're if you know you're doing like a quartermaster psalms thing, they're not going to give you a vermentino. Yeah, they're going to give you like a, a a list of like you know these certain things you know how to go from. So it's either going to be like Gruner or Pinot Gris or Viognier and like or Albarino and you know like oh it's probably not this or this. So you can probably narrow it down to like either Gruner or like Albarino or something. You know? well, and one, but, oh sorry. No, 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 and it's just like, but like, so blind people think blind tasting is like magic, but it's not. It's just, it's just like deduction. Yeah. And you're just cross. It's like playing fucking. It's like playing guess who. Yep. You know, like it's that's not like it doesn't take a fucking Perfect savant to play that goddamn analog. game. Yeah. No. Yeah. It that that is exactly the game. <laughs> well, that's why they call the they they call blind tasting the game when you just play it with friends as options because you don't just mm. th- like when you play guess who you know what arena of questions to ask. And in the yeah. same way, when you yeah. when you blind taste with friends, basically, uh, the only reasonable way to do that is to give people options for like new world, old world. If you think it's you know, and then you you go through a series of questions. We we should do a blind tasting episode where we basically play options. Yeah, 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 that'd be good. We'd have to somehow blind each other on stuff. We'll figure or... something out. We'll we'll figure yeah. that out. We might oh, just yeah, say no, that, do that like we, someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we could be in person and we do that, or we I could just like say like, hey, whatever, call somebody up that lives there that I know. I'm not trying to fucking dox them because our immense fan base, and I just don't want to. Oh, keep speaking of, uh, yeah, she says hi to you, by the way. <laughs> oh, does she? Yeah. Sweet. Tell her. Um. Uh, I'll think of something really mean to say, but not mean like in terms yeah. of saying mean about her. But I'll be intentionally misinterpreting what she's saying to make her seem mean, which will make her feel really bad. Yeah, she loves that. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's her favorite. Yeah. Um, as opposed to never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but but well, with oh yeah, so sorry, you were gonna say something about um, well, we're talking with, about whites, and I said something about well, yeah, with with, with uh, whites with phenolic load and phenolic bitterness. One of the interesting mm-hmm. things about oak is you can use oak tannin and fermenting an oak to mm. create tannin structures. Which the problem with phenolic bitterness. And I'm I'm very open to being contradicted on this point, but one of the problems I have with phenolic bitterness is that it is an astructural, um, non-flavor experience. Like you get this, hmm. like sort of like it is a hmm. flavor, 
but it yeah, it is one yeah, that yeah. is it huh. it feels like it should be a structural component, but it yeah. is not. It's diffuse in a way that like acid and tannin build structure, phenolics kind of deconstruct structure. And yeah, with hmm. whites, it's really useful to use oak to build tannin structure back in to give those phenolics a place to uh, exist. Yeah, and then counterpoint something like the acid. So if you have a very high acid riesling, um, uh, riesling's not a good example. One way to approach yeah. Pinot Gris to say, yeah, deal Pinot with Pinot. the phenolic load is to pick it a little bit early, so the acid's up there, but then ferment it in oak, so that there's a tannin component that cuts into the phenolic structure, which will develop early. Like as soon as the skins achieve mm-hmm. their real color, they've got this phenolic power in them. Yeah, but those phenolics you need them to develop to a certain point for the flavors to really be there in the juice. But that also means that the flavors of the skins will have advanced to a certain point that if you get it, if you get it exactly right, will be really, really nice when you pick it. Yeah. But picking grapes is really, really hard because you're trying to hit this moving target. So you have to sample the vineyard very broadly. So you get a good idea Mm -hmm. of what's going on in the whole thing and kind of get an average sample, which is very hard to do. Like, that's a thing that you can send seven people out into a vineyard to ask them to get samples, to get a sample of the vineyard to try and figure out when to harvest it. And you will get seven different bricks numbers, seven different pH numbers Mm -hmm. from their samples. And the best thing to do is then average all of those numbers and you'll get something approaching the truth. But Mm -hmm. you never like the problem is you you I mean. When to pick grapes is a fascinating discussion. That's also something we should yeah. we should talk about because it's something that's mm-hmm. changed drastically over time. It used to uh-huh. be as soon as anything in a vineyard was ripe, you'd start picking because you didn't have that many people to pick and it was a very labor-intensive process to get all the grapes off, get them to the winery where they were going to be mm-hmm. processed. And, like, you would pick as the color got to the point where someone, like, a, there are classic, uh, like, classic... Um, statements about stuff like uh when the roses are going out of bloom or something because you can plant roses Mm -hmm. roses are interesting because you can plant them near a vineyard and roses get powdery mildew like the powdery mildew on a rose this is a thing that i think we've brought up before all botrytis Mm -hmm. that grows in grapes uh botrytis grows in all kinds of things grapes uh hemp Mm -hmm. cannabis uh other fruits that's all the same fungus botrytis it's the same mildew in everything powdery mildew there are different species for each thing that it um, attacks. So mm-hmm. there's powdery mildew for grapevines. There's also powdery mildew that attacks like maples. And there's powdery mildew that attacks, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, there's probably powdery mildew that attacks yeah. all these other fruits. But yeah, like cucumbers and squash. And there's like yeah. ones that like that's the same group that attacks like a, there's a whole like subgroup that that all attacks. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, there's also uh, uh, powdery mildew that attacks roses. And the classic thing that I've heard, and again, I'm open to being corrected about this too by any of our studious listeners, um, was that you'd plant rose bushes to you use those as an indicator for when you needed to be spraying for powdery mildew because they'd get powdery mildew before the vineyard would. The problem is, mm-hmm. and you'd see it on the leaves and know that you had a problem. The issue is, if you're seeing it on the leaves of the roses, it's already in the vineyard. And it's yeah, if you're yeah. using something like sulfur, which is an organic... Um, preventative that's not going to stop that mildew from fucking up your crop because it can't kill it it can just make it harder for uh, the hyphae Mm -hmm. to sporulate and then for those spores to take root yeah much more in depth and we're talking about phenolic bitterness i feel like i can nerd yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so okay so pinot gris um 
oak and oak tannin can counterbalance phenolic bitterness but you also need something like you need you need structure from the tannin but you also need structure from acid and the different mm -hmm. loads of phenolics in right white wine versus red wines and what you were saying I, I i wholeheartedly agree with because white wines are much more revealing yeah um and their phenolic character is quite different um mm -hmm. on a on a varietal by varietal basis as well uh yeah picking or making white wine means that you have to figure out what to do with the phenols depending on how intense the phenols are things like um oh sauvignon blanc has weird phenols but they're not super intense um mm -hmm. there are a few that are are pretty noticeable but um and those aren't actually the 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 green bell pepper note is not a phenol i think what is that um piercing yeah it's a yeah it's piercing yeah yeah, yeah. um shouldn't put my hands on my face when we're recording which i just did um <laughs> uh but yeah like gewurztraminer and pinot gris have high phenolic loads so you have to figure out how to balance that so oak is a really useful um tool because it provides a tannin counterpoint for it uh gewurztraminer mm -hmm. can gewurztraminer's fruit profile is so interesting that you can sometimes just use the phenolics to sort of balance against other fruit flavors or like those fruit flavors will sort of balance the phenols if you have enough acid going on but mm -hmm. that's all like that all gets into very, very, very specific, like, discussions of how people make yeah. specific wines. Yeah, as yeah. It, which I think would be, yeah. would be, would be great to, uh, yeah. to, to do specific episodes on, like, Gewurztraminer vinification, and then... Well, and people who... We could even have somebody on... Uh, that would, that'd be really cool, I mean, if we ever to a point where, like, people give a shit... Oh, actually, we had some people and some Italian people uh, contact us. Which would be very Instagram, cool, but... Um, um, we could get like someone from Alsace and yeah. then somebody from like Oregon or something that who people who both make a uh, Gewürztraminer have them talk about it. Yeah. Well, the, the cool That'd thing cool. about wines like Gewürztraminer, they're not typical anywhere. Like even if you're making Gewürztraminer in Alsace, you're probably making seven other varietals. Yeah. There's nobody. Yeah, there's not like one person who's just like the, the Gewürztraminer person. Yeah. I mean, there are brands where they, they just make Riesling, uh, and there are brands that just yeah, make yeah. Chardonnay and there are brands that just make Pinot Noir and stuff like that not many but like there i don't think there's unless they're in alsace anyone in the world who's like no we just make a first remainder. that's all we do yeah if they do i will take seven cases please i mean i'm i'm, I'm I would sure that love shit is that delicious one. yeah <laughs> i'm fairly confident there's no one in the world there might be brands that only sell a pinot gris but i doubt there are yeah, any yeah. wineries in the world that only work with pinot gris <laughs> right right if there are again yeah. i would love that shit I would love to try it. No, totally. I'm yeah. I'm sure it's thirty dollars a bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, so bringing it back to the phenolic bitterness yeah, thing, yeah. I think that Sorry, what this means, like practically, term. is no, 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 don't worry. Uh, practically, what this means is that like if you have a wine that has a lot of phenolic bitterness in it, it will likely lend itself towards um, food friendliness. Yep. In terms of like you're like, oh man, what am I gonna pair this dish with? And if it's like anything even slightly hearty, mm -hmm. then it the, the, anything with phenolic bitterness will go great with it. Yeah. So it's kind of like tannins with um, thing like red meat with, you know, like a big fucking, you know, Syrah from the Northern Rome, like a big corn or something with tons of tannins. You want that with like roasted meat or like Brisket. stew or something. So yeah, 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 exactly. Because, you know, it'll, um, the texture of the fat and the texture of the wine itself, the acid and the tannins, it'll, it matches up very well. Um, similarly with white wine, you're like, um, people, I think people kind of assume that um, it's a little bit harder to match like uh white wines with with dishes in terms of like really 
kind of like nailing it down. Um, yeah. But I think wines that have, because, you know, I mean, it's like, white wines are very easy to do, like, yeah, no, this works pretty well with it. But to be like, oh, fuck, this is it. Like, to really nail it with white wines, I feel like, is much harder than with red wines. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're going to do something involving, like, a, um, something with phenolic bitterness or something. Because that's a, that's a flavor that's kind of hard to, yeah. One to of, yeah. match up if you're trying to do that. But One of the yeah. best experiences I've ever had with white wine. Possibly the best experience I've ever had with a food pairing with wine. Mm-hmm. There's a very famous Spanish producer. They do a white and a red i'm trying to remember their name they're the like they have this uh, um they're very well known uh i should know their name um mm-hmm. rioja i think they do a rioja uh black and white label um classic they you know gold gold wire around it um uh-huh. I'm trying to look it up they're very they're very you know they're very well known they're very established um it's not the lopez de heredia wines that might be it yeah yeah uh, let me look that up and see if that's... Oh, you have one of their whites? The whites are so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. The whites are nuts. De Lopez de Heredia, you said? Yeah. H-E-R-E-D-I-A. H-E-R-E-D-I-A. Yep. That was it. Yeah. Nice. They're, they're white. Uh, They're... Which white of theirs? Let me find. They're... The Gravonias, they're like Crianza level one. I and then... think it was either... I think it was the Gravonia. Mm-hmm. That's... It was at a dinner where a lot was going on and I didn't really see mm-hmm. the bottle much yeah when i got the wine i just saw the you know the the image of the label and that had the wire on it what i remember was that it was a and spanish some spanish whites have this is that phenolic character you know that phenolic bitterness going on Mm -hmm. but this had like insane it had phenolic bitterness but it had great acid so it had this insane mineral character to it like similar Mm -hmm. to this vermentino but like dialed way up in terms of character like not the acid wasn't dialed up, but like the characteristicness of its sort of minerality was dialed way up. That paired with scallops was, and I was they were perfectly cooked scallops. Mm-hmm. Was just this incredible. So good. It was this incredible like it was it was this the cleanest brine flavor you could possibly oh, have yeah. achieved. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was like mm-hmm. sucking on the shell of an oyster, but not in a weird way. Um, yeah, yeah, like. And scallops are something that I would also say, like, would pair really, really well with, like, Sylvaner, because they're, you know, oh, it yeah. just makes the mm-hmm. subtlety of both things feel more profound. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, yeah. But those are, like, the two ends of the spectrum of, like, because you, people would be like, you could pair anything with scallops if they're cooked right. But those two white wines are interesting to me because one is very, very subtle and one is very, very mm-hmm. characteristic. And they yeah. both work well with that, like, that the heart of where a scallop can like express flavor yeah absolutely so I, have... I mean this would go exceptionally well with scallops too yeah and that's actually no, that's why i was this thinking and, about um, it. sorry yeah 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 and also um caracante which is like the the white grape in uh etna bianco yeah main grapes mm-hmm. etna bianco. i completely believe that. um that also has a lot of phenolic bitterness in it and you know it's a sicilian white and um it uh, goes very well with scallops, any sort of seafood, and you know the traditional thing is like what what gr- grows together goes together. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're fucking eat some Corsican food or some Mediterranean s- seafood or shellfish or whatever, uh, and it'll be chances are it'll be fucking delicious. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, no, it's it's um, let's wait. So what you were saying about food pairings? It's one of the things that's yeah. interesting to me about pork because you can basically pair mm. anything with pork, but it will accentuate. The choices you made cooking the pork yeah and like yeah as opposed to you know lamb is a bit trickier than that mm-hmm. but you can still pair a lot of things with it 
Right. And the the th- the overriding thing that it makes any like I've had incredible experiences with food pairings that make me believe in its ability to elevate stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to talking about food pairings, I think you should like what you're eating and what you're drinking independently a lot. And like, yeah, yeah, you're totally. I I I, I appreciate wines that elevate the food food that they're paired with. Oh no, I'll edit it out. But yeah, when people talk about like, because there there are like food wines that you you need to eat them with certain things to forgive the wine a little bit, and then there are food wines mm-hmm. that are enchanting because you know that they'll do something to the food while it's in your mouth. Yeah, and I I think this the Vermentino I have certainly is that kind of thing where you're like, oh, if I paired this with the right sort of fish dish, it would mm-hmm. drive home certain like um spice flavors that i was trying to get into the into the meal yeah no absolutely i mean this is so this is sort of a uh thing that uh, you know i've said generally about before in other episodes but like that's kind of how i feel totally about generally about like all italian wines Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is about italian wines but like this wine is delicious but it seems like it would be it would be sort of like completed you know with the right food and it's like I mean, it is funny because so much of like Italian food and wine is that like they're they're not they're not separate, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so to have just like oh, I'm just gonna have a glass of this Italian white wine. You're like eh, it doesn't really make that it doesn't make sense out of context, but it all it all it makes much more sense than it even already does when you have it with like the right food, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Rather than other things just being like oh this 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 muscadet or this chibli goes really well with these oysters like yeah it does but like i think that wine is completely delicious and insane all by itself and it doesn't need the oysters but I'm not saying this needs anything else but like in order for it to be realized completely i think it needs it needs food and that i just say generally with italian wine yeah no i i i like i think that that's uh it's a thing that people like i i don't ever want to make make it sound like i think some wine is incomplete but there are wines that yeah yeah there are wines that part of how good they are is how much you want to be eating the right thing with them like it just it just makes you yeah and that's the other thing about food pairing like the way that people kind of talk about food pairings in wine magazines and stuff that's that's irritating to me is you should if you're selling a wine to someone you should sell the wine on its own merits Mm -hmm. And and it's tough like it's one of the reasons tasting rooms i think are good like i think food pairings are essential if you taste a wine and it does the thing that you're Mm -hmm. talking about where it makes you think of what you want to drink it with that's awesome if a wine Mm -hmm. or if you just like a wine and you just like it then pair it with Mm -hmm. whatever that you want to eat yeah or like nothing yeah but if you don't like (laughs) a wine don't yeah or nothing Uh, but if you don't like wine don't buy it and then try to figure out what you can make to make it good yeah yeah, yeah. that's the problem and and absolutely there's plenty of room in the world to i don't know i i'm of the opinion that like life is too well i have many opinions about the phrase life is too short (laughs) but i'm of the opinion that life is too short to like go around thinking you need to like follow a bunch of other people's rules about how you're supposed to drink wine Mm -hmm. or cook food or whatever yeah 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 i think you can explore things in that if it if it energizes you and makes you excited Mm -hmm. but the the i yeah, there's this um, there's this whole. It's it's just one of those places where wine gets fetishized in its relationship to food, and people 
mm-hmm. fetishize the idea of food pairings in a way that is disingenuous because it's one of the things that's great about um, village, you know, I, I mean, village generally to France, like uh, the fact that like, I think it's very telling that what 99% with the exclusion of Paris, 99% of a grand group, grand group Burgundy is sent out of the country. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think a huge percentage of Languedoc Roussillon is drunk in France. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's yeah. the biggest wine produ- They produce more wine than any other region in France. So like, yeah, the French are drinking a lot of wine, but they're drinking wine that is not like at some crazy level. What they do is they drink their wine with their food, and they they have those things kind of paired in a way that I feel like Italian wine is because it's less fetishized than French wine. And Italian food, in a certain sense, is as well. I mean, there's a funny, maybe way back to, like, some sort of analogy with, like, like if if French wine is supposed to be analogous to, like, erotic photography, Italian wine is analogous to porn. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's all the same thing. It's just what you're supposed to think about yourself when you engage with it. Mm-hmm. And Italian food and Italian wine are... I don't think there's a French equivalent to Olive Garden. Like, the closest would be, like, Au Bon Pan. Mm -hmm. Mm. But that isn't to say that French food is better than Italian food or that you'll enjoy it more. It's just different. But there's also, along with that difference, all of this cultural bullshit that, like, people create anxieties around that, you know, magnifies out into discussions around food pairings and stuff like that. It's like, Mm -hmm. with a nice spaghetti bolognese, just drink Barbera. Don't spend too much money on a wine. Just drink a wine that like is fucking great mm-hmm. with that. But you know, if you have like I, I don't know, I'm 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 getting to the point where I'm just gonna keep rambling. So I'm cutting myself <laughs> off. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's I I like I like food pairings. I just um there's and and it's funny talking to you about this because like you're a phenomenal cook and you you do this all on a level that. Honestly, you're because you're, I'm you're one of many great cooks I know who do these things on a level that sort of back like backwardly validates or vindicates all of this like bullshit fetishization of these things that distract people from like really enjoying it. <laughs> but you then create something that allows people to enjoy it at that level that they're you know they that they believe in after reading like a wine magazine that's like yeah age ten years and then pair with duck. And stuff like that it's like oh my yeah yeah dude all right so yeah yesterday i did um that um i had these these duck breasts that i was supposed to do with uh my friend and so whatever i was just dry aging them in the fridge and it ended up taking like uh longer so instead of like i mean they ended up like had to cancel plans so i got delayed so i was like all right well I'll let them sit for whatever five days and then i um you know flipped them over just the skin side down and just patted them dry and rubbed a bunch of like like uh bay leaf and thyme and rosemary and sage on them and then flipped them back over and you know patted them dry and put them back for a couple more days and then i cooked them yesterday and so <clears throat> it's like dry aged um like herb rubbed uh, duck breast but i had a bottle of that it's funny you bring it up that um the 88 lopez de Heredia, oh yeah oh the, yeah the um the rioja there the regular like crayons level one it was like uh-huh. i found that that was on like a, a last chance shelf at the shop a while ago that i found it was like an, an 08 i think Jesus. and uh I had gotten three bottles of that because they had them for like eighteen dollars. Mm-hmm. One of which was corked. The other one was like cooked. You know, it was yeah. like it's not good. And this one was like was good. And I was like, yes. dog, yes. And yeah, dude, like it was 
so fucking unbelievable. And yeah. it was one of those where like the like as the duck is cooking and and like I have the I poured a glass of the wine and I smelled it. It was one of those where it it go it goes so well together that you you stick your nose in the glass to smell it and you can't even you can't smell the difference between the food and the wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Oh yeah, it's fucking on the money." Yeah. And uh yeah, and it's like I <clears throat> I could have a glass of this wine and it would be totally delicious, right? It's great. I could have this duck on its own totally delicious great right have them together and it's way it's way better than the sum of the parts exactly that you know the sum of the parts thing is the part that like people get so obsessed with the parts you know it's like it's yeah it's yeah like talking to uh i don't know like a oh i'm just gonna say something dickish when i try to come up with the analogy for that so i won't but nice but yeah like i mean and also but yeah no i think you're right we're like it it didn't have to be that wine it could have been a different wine yeah, that one just happened to work really well. And it's like, and it'll go like a Spanish wine with, uh, I don't know, it's some bullshit fucking. That would probably be closer to maybe French or something, the duck thing. But it just wasn't like it wasn't like a well traditional thing yeah. or whatever. But you know, and duck is another one of those meats that I I think duck and pork are both really interesting because they wine will if it's paired well with the meal. Like it, it's one of those specific things where it, like. It's not about pairing the wine to the meat generally. It's pairing the wine to the way that the and the quality of how the person cooked it to like oh, yeah, accentuate yeah. all of that. It's like you know, chicken you can yeah, but, you can yeah. do a little bit more work with and have a pretty broad range of what you could pair it with. Mm-hmm. Um, beef that's true as well. Um, but mm-hmm. pork and duck both give you, I think, huge latitude in terms of things you could pair with it that yeah. might escalate it immensely. Like no, totally. Yeah. Salmon is another thing that I think can go. You can go white or you can go red. It just depends on how you cook it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Salmon's salmon's really versatile. In yeah. Regard. But there are other yeah. fish like uh, halibut. I think is there are a couple red wines I, I would pair with halibut, maybe. Mm. But mm-hmm. you know, mostly I think of that as like a white wine fish. Yeah. Yeah. If it was gonna be a a, a red wine, you'd have to be like trousseau or something like super light bodied yeah. or or you'd have to wear, like, cook the halibut in a slightly um novel way because yeah if you, if you did like a like a bouillabaisse or like a, mm-hmm. yeah if you didn't like a, really good yeah, you didn't like a stew or you yeah. did it in a yeah some sort of great yeah. that or like um yeah but if you no i, yeah. agree, I agree but if you went towards the like citrus like you know classic fish yeah like, pan kind of thing it'd be it mm-hmm. oh and, and all, yeah like that's the I mean, it's. I feel like this is another another angle into the way we generally talk about wine, which is, mm-hmm. it's the most important thing is your experience and trusting your experience because the value of wine is in your enjoyment of it, and it's not in your oh, redefining of your ability to enjoy and taste things towards what you're told about them. It's yeah, yeah, and and that's one of the reasons that I kind of like. I mean, I'm glad we're talking about it on this episode. And we need to do a whole episode about it, but Vermentino's cool mm-hmm. because it's one of those wines that I think this and the other Vermentinos I've had, and I haven't had many, but the ones that I've had are wines that make me go like, ooh, I wish I was eating like a, I don't know, like a spaghetti with like a clam sauce kind of thing. Like, or, a, yeah, ooh, it'd be so you know, good. Yeah. Like a lot of lemon and like something like mm-hmm. that, or, um, maybe like a, like a, a, like a not very spicy pork sausage or, Oh, yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that occurs to me when I drink Vermentino that I'm like, food wine. And yeah. what's fascinating, it's one of the reasons that I think Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, again, are like such dominant varieties in like the popular imagination, because they are wines that can very often both stand on their own, but then also suggest foods and then elevate with those foods. 
or work with lots of different kinds of foods and kind of elevate, you know, like you can, you can elevate a curry with a Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay. It mm-hmm. will just elevate different things about the same curry dish or, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think that relationship to food is one of the big reasons that Pinot Noir and Chardonnay are so valued. The problem is, again, with like they get fetishized to this price point that removes them from most mm. people's ability to experience them, which is why I like going back to like Italy, like you were saying, because there there's this sort of like, nope, these are just like, we're this, there's this level of contentment going on that I think is very positive. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's complacent or, or uh, stagnant, but it's appreciative. Mm-hmm. but you know that's not to say yeah, there no. aren't italian wines that also like are approaching burgundy grand cru prices it's just that like i don't know right 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 yeah I'm, yeah man i'm going off I'm, I'm, I'm i've had multiple moments this episode <laughs> just like oh. no no you're good man yeah all right no i think that was good you want to want to uh oh actually there's one one real quick thing uh cork uh, uh patreon.com slash cork taint patreon.com slash cork go there give us um, money we'll buy a whole bunch of Jura and talk about how m- many cookbooks you have to buy to try and figure that one out. Absolutely. Yeah, next week um, we're going to do uh, a South African Chenin Blanc episode. Uh, yeah, wait. Um, I'm going to get that wine. Going to get it? Going to. Can you find one? Uh, I know I can find one. I don't know if I can find like a really interesting one. Well, mm. I'm. The wine might be interesting. I, I know I can get a hold of a couple, at least, uh, but I don't know uh-huh. if they're like... Um, well, and that's usually how I end up... I don't have access to the same kind of stores that you do, so I tend to get mm. the more, like, more, uh, you know, across the bow, working with big distributors kind of wines. But um, I know I can get one. I uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, and I, and yeah. There are couple, we can talk about that yeah, after. There are a couple stores that I, uh, I can check out that might have more interesting things i'm also gonna get nice. a, i'm gonna get paid so i can, I can actually do this <laughs> Sick. all right all right uh cool all right um, thanks guys uh thank sign you up for our patreon yes tell your friends please forgive me um, for my transgression uh instagram is at corked at k-o-r-k-t-i-n-t mm-hmm. and i just got a clubhouse i don't know people were telling me to get a clubhouse so i got one but i don't know what to do with this fucking thing well that's uh <clears throat> is it just a shed with no girls allowed painted on the door oh yeah yes. exactly and like one of the one of the r's is like is backwards yeah you know yeah uh yeah no so do you know what it is i've never heard of a instagram clubhouse. oh it's like it's this new like social media thing where it's all like audio so basically it's a bunch of like chat rooms where you can go in and it's like you can start one like you and me could i was thinking you know, basically like where you go in and it's like oh, it's oh audio people Discord? are talking about like celebrity gossip yeah, yeah, it's it's basically oh. audio Discord, and there's just a bunch of rooms you can join in and stuff. Damn. So, but the thing we could do that could be cool is is uh you can make one, and then we could like basically do what we're doing now. Like instead of talking on the phone, we talk in there, mm. so people could like listen in live to it, and then uh, we'll yeah. still record it and then put it out. Oh, it's so it's Twitch for podcasting. <laughs> I don't even know how Twitch works, or I've heard of Twitch. I don't know what it it's is. People but... live streaming themselves playing games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So yeah, people would be able to listen to us like like this conversation we're having right yeah. now in real time. Mm-hmm. And then we would maybe take questions from them because you can like or like audio people in. Yeah. So it's like audio Instagram live. Uh, basically, okay, yeah, and you yeah. can allow people in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, people can listen or whatever. And then yeah, yeah. And then we can put it online. Cool. 
Whatever. So that's a possibility. We'll yeah. see. But now it's like in a trial only thing. We, we should have to get an invite from somebody who has that or whatever to join. Well, we should. Um, yeah. Hopefully that'll work. Uh, we, you know, turn into a platform that people use. Um, yep. It's like I'm always seeing people talk about, or not always. I'm occasionally seeing people be like, "Check out my letterbox review of something." I'm like, I don't know, another social media what platform. What the fuck that is? But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is what we're doing. So we might as well what do we're it. Doing. Um, Might as well do. Yeah, that would be a fun like uh, once a month ep- episode kind of thing. It's like the the like interactive one, you know. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. We could have a yeah, we could have a monthly schedule of like, all right, you heathens. Yep. Or we could have like a Patreon only thing. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. I I'm also Same into way. having this discussion on air while people listen to us have this discussion and be like, yeah, that's hot. Let's do it. I'm also into hanging up and continuing this conversation off mic. Ooh, that's right. Suckers. You don't get to hear the that's whole right. thing. Fucking pieces of yeah, shit. Yeah, that's right. All right. Go, go subscribe to the Petrus level on our Patreon and maybe you'll get to hear what we're about to say. Yeah. Maybe you'll get to hear us have phone sex with each other. Yeah. Off mic. Off mic. <laughs> now we're going to get Mike off. Yeah. You don't oh, yeah. know we're about getting Mike. Big time. Yeah. No, that's the Petrus tier guy. He's a gimp. His name's Mike. His name's Mike. He looks like the guy on the Petrus label, but he's wearing a gimp suit, so you can't tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got a big old beard. I, yep, his name. That guy's name actually is Mike. Yeah, Mike Petrus. <laughs> Mike Petrus. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mikey P's. All right. Sounds good. Adios, Thanks, guys. Ready.